Thanks for choosing to worship with us this weekend. I want to welcome the Malbus campus, the Mobile campus, everyone online. Thank you for being part of our weekend experience. Uh, we are currently in a series entitled Joseph. This is the fifth part. Uh, I am currently in Israel uh, here on a pastor's retreat and had the opportunity to actually be in biblical Samaria uh, yesterday, which is called Ariel today. There I was able to look out across the valley into a, a small community called Shechem. If you remember in the beginning of the story, that's the area where Joseph's brothers sold him into slavery. And we have gone through uh, four of the ten tests that, that Joseph had to pass to go into his destiny. We know that the key to our destiny is character. So this weekend we want to look at the prison test. Now obviously I'm, I'm not with you, but I've asked Pastor Ben Ragsdale, who's our our outreach pastor and soon to be Foley campus pastor to share this word with you. So will you welcome Pastor Ben Ragsdale to our pulpit. Have a great weekend. Well, hello. Welcome to the best hurricane party on the Gulf Coast. Glad you all are here. That's right. Woo. Good to be here. Well, welcome, welcome to our Malbus campus here, welcome to Mobile, all of you online watching, thank you guys for being with us, it's an honor uh, that I get to speak to you today. As you saw, Pastor is in Israel, so that means you are stuck with me, you are welcome. <laughs> so um, That also means that should the rapture happen, he would get to go before all of us because the time change, you know, we're like eight hours ahead. And he's in Israel, and I just figure they'll probably go first anyway, so whatever. Uh, but uh, hey, I want to tell you about some quick, exciting news coming up. Um, as you may have saw earlier, I, will, I get to be the Foley campus pastor, and I'm excited about that. <laughs> Woo! That's right. And um, we're just pumped for what God is about to do in that area. And coming up next Sunday night, October the 13th, we're going to have an important meeting. We're going to go over some information about what God's going to be doing down in that area and how you can be a part of it. Uh, so that's next Sunday night at 6 o'clock. If you want to get more information or you want to RSVP, you can do that by emailing foley at baycommunity.com. And we'd love to have you. If you're from that area, anywhere in South Baldwin County, we'd love to have you a part of what God's going to do in that community. I believe it's going to be pretty incredible and it's going to blow all of our minds. So uh, we're excited about that. So if you're here today, why don't you open up your Bibles or your devices and we can go ahead and jump into this message. And we're going to be in Genesis chapter 39 and we're going to be in Romans chapter 5. We're going to kind of go back and forth from Genesis to Romans a good bit today. So uh, as you know, we're in a series called Joseph, and we've been looking at the ten character tests that Joseph faced in his life and how he passed them in order to fulfill his destiny. We know every person has a dream from God, and God has a dream for your life. Every person has a destiny that God wants you to fulfill. But the one word that will stop us from fulfilling our destiny is the word character. So, we're talking about Joseph and how he had to go through and pass these ten character tests before he could fulfill the destiny that God had for his life. We've talked about the pride test. We've talked about the pit test and not having a pity party while you're in the pit. We've talked about the palace test, which is uh, dealt with being a good steward wherever you are. And then we talked last week about the purity test, which is sexual stewardship. Now remember last week, 
Potiphar's wife tried to seduce Joseph, um, but he did the right thing. He ran away, but she lied about it, and Joseph goes to prison. So this weekend, we're going to be talking about the prison test. Uh, I believe there may be some people here today, Mobile, watching online, that are currently in a prison season. And before we go any further, I do want to say, for me personally, you know, right off the bat here, over the last six months or so, I've been in a prison test. Um, Along with my family, we've been going through different things and You know, we could take time to tell stories. I'm sure we could swap stories, some of you in here. You've been going through a prison test. You're currently in that prison. And I just want to encourage you before we go any further today, right out of the gate, I want to encourage you with something. You know, for me personally, being in a a, a prison test, I could find two or three, maybe even ten reasons uh, to be disappointed and discouraged and depressed. But for every ten of those reasons, I want to encourage you. There's 10,000 more reasons to bless the Lord. There's 10,000 more reasons to hold on to and glorify God in the middle of your prison. And no matter what you're going through today, whether you're in a prison or you're in some type of circumstance that is just holding you captive, whatever it may be, there are 10,000 reasons to just praise the name of the Lord. And for every 10 reasons that you could be depressed, I want you to focus on those reasons and understand God's got you there for a reason and God's going to bring you through it. And He's there with you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. It's all for his glory you got to keep your eyes on him because he is faithful amen amen right out of the gate so this message is just as much for me as it is for any of you okay and so I want to speak some things to you that I believe are going to encourage you and show you why you may be going through what you were going through so let's look at the prison test that Joseph faces And let's see how that relates to us today. So look at Genesis chapter 39, verse 13. We're going to read there. And so it was, when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and fled outside, that she called to the men of her house and spoke to them, saying, See, he has brought unto us a Hebrew to mock us. He came in to meet a lie with me, and I cried out with a loud voice. And it happened when he heard that I lifted my voice and cried out that he left his garment with me and fled and went outside. So she kept his garment with her until his master came home. Then she spoke to him with words like these, saying, The Hebrew servant whom you brought to us came in to mock me, came in to me to mock me. So it happened as I lifted my voice and cried out that he left his garment with me and fled outside. So it was when his master heard the words which his wife spoke to him, saying, Your servant did to me after this manner that his anger was aroused. And Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison a place where the king's prisoners were confined. And he was there in the prison, but the Lord was with Joseph. Notice that God will be with you through every trial. The Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy, and he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever they did there, it was his doing. The keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him, and whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. So notice again that the bottom line of every test has to do with stewardship. How well would Joseph steward his actions? How well would Joseph steward what belonged to another man, even his wife? How well would Joseph steward his own body, his attitude? All ten tests have to do with stewardship. 
understand that you will not fulfill your destiny that God has for you if you're not a good steward. Now, the prison test in particular that we're talking about today, this is a test of perseverance. This test is about God developing character in your life through things that you go through and persevering through those things. All right? So flip over to Romans 5, and I want to show you what I believe is a formula for that character, how to build character. It seems in every test that we have talked about so far that there's a formula or some simple steps we can follow in order to pass that particular test. So look at Romans chapter 5. This is what it says in verse 3. And not only that, he's talking about grace, and he wrote in verse 2, it's by grace in which we stand, Paul's writing. Not only that, we also glory in tribulations. Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. And perseverance produces character. Character produces hope. Now hope does not disappoint. Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Notice Paul said, we glory in tribulations. Now there are two Greek words for glory. The first one is used most of the time in the New Testament and it means the outshining. It means, uh, it speaks about how God shines, or when you look at God, it's what you see. The second word for glory, the one we're reading here, it's not used very often, but it means rejoice. And so here's what this actually says, we rejoice in tribulations. Now that, that word, the root, the root of that word means to wish or to pray. In other words, we wish or pray for tribulation because that's going to cause us to rejoice. Why in the world would that cause us to rejoice? I want to tell you four reasons. Number one, tribulation produces perseverance. Right out of Romans 5. And let me say this. You don't have to wish for or pray for tribulation. Because it will find you. <laughs> All right? It will hunt you down. Okay? You don't have to spend any extra time in your prayer time this week going, Oh Lord, just bless me with tribulation. No, it's coming for you, all right? Just be encouraged in the Lord today. Aren't you glad you came to church? All right. It says in John 16, Jesus told us, he said, in the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And that's Jesus talking. Romans 5 says we rejoice in tribulation. And then in James 1, verse 2, it says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Notice, trials produce patience, tribulation produces perseverance. So I want to explain what patience and perseverance are and what trials and tribulations are. First, let me tell you about patience. Patience is waiting with contentment. That's what patience is. It's not just waiting on something like you're checking your watch and you're tapping your foot and need something to hurry up. But patience is keeping your heart right while you wait for something. Patience is keeping your heart right while you wait for something. It's what you do, for example, when you need to keep your heart right when you're in a drive through line of any sort. Any sort. The bank, Chick-fil-A, whatever it may be, when you're in a drive through line. Because if you're like me, I always get stuck behind the slowest person on God's green earth that he could ever have thought of creating. The slowest person. Anybody ever have that problem? Just me? Nobody? Okay. Because I get stuck behind the guy that decides I want to deposit $1,000, but I'm just going to use pennies. That's who I get stuck by. 
And a real quick word of advice. If you ever want to go through a drive-thru quickly and you see me sitting there, go do something else. Because if you get stuck behind me, it's going to be forever. Because God uses those times to test me, to give me the patience test. So if you want to go through a drive-thru quickly and you see me in one, go somewhere else. All right? And come back in an hour and I'll probably be sitting there passed out due to frustration. But I get stuck behind a guy that he does this thing with the pennies. And he's do it, he, he has to go over and over and he sends the tube in and he has to come back and he sends the tube in and it comes back. Another word of advice. If you've got to send the tube back more than twice, go inside the bank. <laughs> right? What a concept that you get to go inside a bank to do business. But never send the tube back more than twice. It's rude. And then to make matters worse, the guy that just spent 25 minutes sending pennies back and forth, making the deposit, he gets his deposit slip, and then what does he do? He sends the tube back and drives off. So when I get up there, i got to wait on the tube to come back. Don't ever send the tube back. Come on. Who does that? That's patience. Keeping your heart right. The drive through line at the bank. Or when you go to the Walmart. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You go to the Walmart, you walk in, and there's only two lights on out of 30 registers. There's only two people working at the Walmart. Why are there only two people always working at the Walmart? I'm just putting these frustrations out here today. I told you it was about me, okay? So just listen. Because if you're like me, you go to Walmart, I want to go in, 10 minutes in, I'm out. I got to get deodorant. I want to smell good for church. I'm going to get deodorant, and I'm going to leave. No, there's only two lights on. So what do I do? I'm going to go and I'm going to try the self-checkout line, which is demonic. (laughs) Self-checkouts have antichrist written all over them. It's of the devil. Believe that. And so what happens is, take my deodorant, I swipe it, there's the boop. And then I put it in the bag. It doesn't think it's in the bag, so I have to swipe it again. I do this for multiple times until the little old lady is one of the two that's running a cash register, has to come all the way back across the store, put in her little code. I swipe my card. My card doesn't work. I got to get cash. I got to get cash, put it in there. And then I swipe the deodorant. I go home. I put it on. I come to church so I can repent of all the foul words that went through my mouth at the Walmart. <laughs> but I'm not talking about any of that. It's not what I'm talking about, not patience. Patience is waiting with contentment. It's keeping your heart right while you wait. But what is perseverance? Well, perseverance is fighting a battle while you are waiting with contentment. In other words, perseverance involves a war. Perseverance involves a battle. It's something difficult. And here's why. A trial is brief but tribulation is long. Perseverance is a long and difficult trial. Isn't this an encouraging message? So glad you guys braved the weather to come hear this. Okay, bless your hearts. But perseverance, it's the only way and the only thing in the Bible that says produces character. The word character is not in the Bible very often, but if you look for anything else in the Bible that produces character, this is the only thing you'll find. There's nothing else in there that produces character. Tribulation produces perseverance, and you need to know perseverance can be a long 
trial. For Joseph, it was 13 years. You look through scripture, you can see other examples of 13 years. Maybe God likes that number for some reason. But David, he was anointed to be the next king and it was for 13 years he ran from Saul before he became a king. Paul was in the church in Antioch 13 years before he went on his first missionary journey. Some of you may be here today and you say, I've been in tribulation longer than 13 years. What do you think about that, Pastor Ben? Well, Abraham, he was in a, he was in a tribulation period for 25 years. I've been in one longer than 25 years. Well, Moses was in one for 40. I've been in one longer than 40 years. What about that? Well, some of the children of Israel never even reached their destiny. Listen, it's very possible that our response to our circumstances determines how long the trial lasts. Your response to those circumstances will determine how long you have to walk through the desert, how long you have to be in your prison. Tribulation produces perseverance. Here's number two. Perseverance produces character. As I said earlier, you won't find anything else in Scripture that produces character. You know how I would like to get character? I would just like to ask somebody to pray for me and I receive it and be done. You know, so-and-so, come lay hands on me, I receive character, boom. Don't have to do this perseverance stuff. Wouldn't that be great? But no, you have to go through a long and difficult trial, and that's how you get character. Perseverance will produce character. So let's look at Joseph. We see that he's a man of great ability. Every place he goes, he moves to the second in command. In Potiphar's house, he's number two. Then he goes to the prison, and he becomes the number two guy there, and neither person looks at anything under his hand. Then he becomes number two for Pharaoh. And the Bible says Pharaoh doesn't look into anything that was under his hand either. So he was obviously a man of great ability. But was it his ability or was it God's favor that produced this? And that's what we have to understand today. I want you to look at this. I want you to think about this. You may have never thought of this way before. but I believe Joseph prolonged his period in the prison just a little bit. You remember in Genesis chapter 40, the butler and the baker each have a dream, and he interprets their dreams. He says to the baker, in three days, he's going to cut your head off. Joseph was so encouraging. <laughs> Thank you, Joseph. Then he says to the butler, in three days, he's going to raise you back to your position again. And he says in verse 14 of Genesis 40, he says to the butler, but remember me. Remember me when it's well with you, and please show kindness to me. Make mention of me to Pharaoh and get me out of this house. Joseph says, listen, Mr. Butler, when he raises you back up, when you get to that position, don't forget to mention me. And then look in verse 23, yet the chief butler did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. The butler didn't remember him. And then two years later, Pharaoh has a dream, and the butler says, oh, I know somebody who can interpret dreams. I know a guy. But it was two years later. Now, who gave Pharaoh the dream? God did. Why didn't God give Pharaoh the dream two weeks later? Or two days later? Why did it have to be two years later? Maybe because Joseph interpreted the dreams. He's ministering to these two guys in jail. And for these two guys. And God thinks, man, that's so good. Bless his heart. This boy's in prison. And he's still ministering to people. That's awesome. And Joseph says to the butler... He tells the butler, don't remember me, because another word of advice, you know, you don't want to tell somebody that's going to be headless to remember something. You'll never get ahead in life that way. Um, that went over your heads. Um, but Joseph tells the butler, hey, don't forget me. 
Don't forget about me. He ministers to these guys. And then what does he do next? He drops a hint. He ministers and then he drops hints. And God says, well, maybe he's not quite ready yet. Because if I promote him now, he'll think the way to get ahead is by dropping hints. Listen, God never rewards manipulation. Never. Could it be that God waited two more years because Joseph's character wasn't ready to support the destiny? It is God's grace that he doesn't put you in the destiny before you're ready to fulfill the destiny because then you would fall. He's waiting on your character to be big enough to support the destiny. And we've got to stop manipulating situations and allow God to be the one who rewards and blesses us and not try to hurry or rush the plan of God. And so let me say this, if you're a person here today and you have authority or if you have resources, the worst thing you can do for somebody is promote them or deliver them out of a trial too soon because God's taken them through that for a reason in order to get character in their life. And the worst thing you could do is remove them or give them something to help them get out of it quicker than God intended. So let's recap. Tribulation produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character. And number three, character produces hope. Remember this from Romans 5. Character is not only about how you act, but it's also about how you react. Joseph did the right thing, but suffered the wrong consequences. Has that ever happened to you? Been in the right place doing the right thing, but suffered the wrong consequences. You've done something right. Somebody misinterprets it, accuses you of something, spreads rumors about you, lies about you. That's exactly what happened to Joseph. He did the right thing and suffered the wrong results. And I want you to see this. I want you to see how Satan works because he has no new tricks. Remember, in an earlier message, Pastor talked about how Satan produces evidence to support the lie that Joseph had been torn to pieces by a wild beast. What was the evidence that he produced to support that lie? His coat. What was the evidence that Satan used to support the lie that Joseph had tried to rape Potiphar's wife? His coat. If I were Joseph, I would never wear a coat again. I would get a hoodie of many colors. Or a sweater or something. Or you know what? I'd just be cold. I would adapt. You know? Somebody offered me a jacket? No, get thee behind me, Satan. I don't want no jacket. (laughs) Satan has no new tricks. Listen, what is it that Satan keeps tricking you with? Last week, Pastor talked about lust. Does Satan keep tricking you with the internet? If so, put safeguards up. Use your computer for a boat anchor if you have to. Get rid of it. Do whatever you have to because Satan has no new tricks. And what he used to catch you in the past, he'll use it again in the future. So let's keep looking at hope. Proverbs 13 verse 12 says about hope that hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes, it's a tree of life. Remember Joseph, he interprets the dream of the butler and the baker. I'll show you that in a moment. But that shows us because he interpreted their dream, it shows us he didn't have a sick heart. Because he was still concerned about other people. He did not have a pity party. He wasn't just looking after himself and his own needs. He was thinking about others and how to help others around him. So that shows me that he did not have a sick heart. That shows me for the most part, other than a few slip-ups, that Joseph kept his heart right before God. Listen, hope is not that God will deliver you from your circumstances. Hope is that God will help you walk through 
your circumstances. Not that he'll deliver you from, but that he'll help you walk through. Our hope is in God, not in our circumstances changing. Our hope is in God. Because if our hope is in our circumstances changing, then the longer it goes without changing, the more our heart will grow sick. And here's the last point. Hope produces appointments. We read in Romans 5 verse 3, tribulation produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. Now hope does not disappoint. Now look at that sentence a little closer. Hope does not disappoint. And you'll see that it's a double negative because the prefix D-I-S means not. Think about it like this, if, if uh, the words approve and disapprove, if somebody disapproves, that means he does not approve. So when it says hope does not disappoint, it means that hope does not not appoint. With me? All right. I'm not good at grammar in any language, so it's amazing that we see this. All right. So you look at that sentence, and you take the two knots out, and grammatically this statement simply says hope appoints. So hope will produce appointments. If you have hope, that will produce appointments. Listen, we're all going through tribulations. If you're not right now, you will go through tribulations. You're going to go through tough times. Jesus said, look, if you're in the world, you're going to face tough times. But don't be afraid. I've overcome the world. And listen to me. I believe there's some people that are here today in Mobile watching online. There's some people that you're going through something tough. You're going through a circumstance. You're going through a moment and it's wearing you out. But listen, even though you're in the midst of tribulation, look at the plan that God is laying before you today. That that tribulation will produce perseverance. And if you handle it correctly, that perseverance will produce character. And God needs you to have that character in life so that can support you and that can keep you and that will help you to get to your destiny. And how do you get to your destiny? It's because you have hope. And hope will create a divine appointment for you today to get you into the destiny and the place that God God has created for every person in this room and in Mobile. Every person. He'll create it. What you're going through is all for God's glory anyway. Don't lose heart. And here's Joseph. We see him in prison. He's talking to these two guys after their dreams in verse 6 of chapter 40. And Joseph came into them in the morning and looked at them, the butler and the baker. He saw that they were sad. So he asked Pharaoh's officers who were with him in the custody of his Lord's house, saying, why do you look so sad today? Listen, because Joseph still had hope in his life, it produced a divine appointment. A divine appointment is an appointment that God has for you. And by the way, disappointment just means you missed an appointment. We get disappointed a lot because we, we miss an appointment that we, that we believe God had for us, a job, a raise, a promotion, something with our family. Disappointment is a missed appointment. Joseph kept his heart right. By keeping his heart right, it produced a divine appointment. And that divine appointment led to him stepping into his destiny. Some of you are here today and you're going through tribulations. And if you respond correctly to what you're walking through, you'll develop perseverance. That perseverance will develop character in your life. That character will develop hope. And that hope will produce an appointment for you to step into your destiny and keep you there. What a formula. What a formula. I believe some of you have an appointment today. 
And I encourage you to throw off your disappointments and open your eyes to see the appointments. Quit focusing on your circumstances and realize it's all for a reason. It's all for His glory. And it's all for you to have character that will keep you in that destiny that God has created for you. Do not lose hope. Rejoice. Your appointment is coming. Don't grow weary. Don't lose heart. Don't give up. Your appointment is coming. Some of you have an appointment today. And one last thing. A couple of weeks ago, Pastor Drew some analogies of Joseph being an Old Testament type of Christ. You guys remember that? And you might have heard some other Old Testament types of Christ like Moses. There's a lot of them throughout the Old Testament. You have David, Solomon, Isaiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, Abraham, many more. The point is everything in the Old Testament points to Christ. And so I want to show you from our passage today some other types of Joseph's life, how it points to Christ. I want you to see this. Notice that Joseph was numbered with the prisoners, although he did nothing wrong. Jesus was numbered with the prisoners, although he did nothing wrong. Joseph, he was numbered specifically with two prisoners, the butler and the baker. One was condemned and one was set free. Jesus was numbered with two thieves on the cross, two prisoners. One was condemned by his own heart and one was set free by his own heart. Joseph said to the butler, remember me. But the butler didn't. The thief on the cross said to Jesus, remember me. And Jesus did. Know this, Jesus will never forget you. Jesus will keep his word to you. He hasn't forgotten about you. He's not going to leave you there in the prison to rot. He's with you. And he'll keep his word. He'll keep his promise to you. He'll see you through this circumstance. Would you bow your heads today? All across this room in Mobile, if you're watching online, every head bowed, nobody moving around, nobody looking around at this time. But I just want to ask you the question, Are you in a prison today feeling hopeless? Do you feel forgotten? Do you feel left out? What's the Holy Spirit saying to you? I want you to, all across this room in Mobile, everybody watching, let the Lord minister to you right now, wherever you are. Let the Lord speak to you. Let Him say to you, I know what you are going through. I know you're facing a trial. I know things are tough right now. I know it's hard. But do not quit. Do not give up. Hold on to me. Trust me. I am your source. I haven't left you. I haven't forgotten about you. I love you. And I know you feel worn out. I know you feel weary and tired that you're at the end of your rope. I know you feel frustrated. I know you feel defeated. I know you're facing tribulation. But this tribulation is producing the character in you that you need to fulfill the destiny I'm giving you and to keep you there. Let Him speak a word of hope to you today. Father, I pray over every individual, Lord, show us that there's still hope. Show us, God, that there's still hope. 
And that, Lord, what we're going through is for a reason. And it all points to you, oh God. That you've got a destiny for our lives. And, Lord, in order to get there, we've got to go through tough situations, oh God. We've got to go through things, Lord, that will produce that perseverance. That will pro- produce character. That will produce hope. Lord, I believe there are people here today that have lost hope. There may be some sick hearts today. Lord, I pray you will restore those hearts. Restore hope into the lives of every person listening to this message today, oh God. Show us that there's always hope. Lord, I pray for those that are thinking about giving up, those that are just worn down because of this prison that they're in. But Lord, I just pray that they would hold on, God, that they would not lose sight of you, Lord, that they would use this opportunity to rejoice because this opportunity, this situation is bringing them closer to you and it's bringing them close to their destiny. In Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, draw people to you today. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.